Welcome in to the latest episode of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. We have linebackers on our mind today and want to thank you all again. 1,000K views the first 24 hours, the last two videos now. So thank you. Hope you hit that subscribe button. You like it. Let's get into it. Hit it. Shane. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. With the first pick... In the 2023 NFL Draft. The sickest NFL Draft show. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. Gentlemen, we are ready for, ladies and gentlemen, for viewers. But I was talking to the people behind the scenes. We are, it's all gentlemen here today. We got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be talking linebackers. Joining us now is my co-host, Justin Gamble, at Gamscout on Twitter. That's me. A professional in... Every sense of the word when it comes to this stuff, and happy to have you with me yet again here, Justin. How are you, man? I'm a little tired, buddy. I'm low on sleep, but, you know, the show goes on. This is a big episode for us. I'm excited to talk about linebackers and study some tape and take some notes that don't mean anything, but, you know, here we are. Don't mean anything. Come on, man. I just, sometimes I look at my notes after. I'm like, what do these mean, dude? But <laughs> Well, that's, that's a handwriting issue. Uh, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. All right. But uh, so starting things off today, man, um, I think that we've got a really – this is a position that's changed a lot. And I think we're going to take a little bit of a different approach than we typically take with the show because we typically start with the basics and then we build out and we expand on it. I know that you've got some names prepared to start with. Big names that busted that were coming out of college at the linebacker position. And why did these guys bust? So, Justin, go ahead. What do you have? Start, what do you have to start us off with? Well, yeah. So when I was like looking at some tape and going through players in the past, in the past decade, it kind of had the positions changed. So I was looking at first round, and I, you know, I was thinking like if I had to tell someone like this is how you evaluate positions, all they would have to do to debunk what I'm saying is look back and be like, well, what happened to them? What happened to him? What happened to him? So now I'm going through, and I uh, let's see. These are all first rounders. But 2015, Stephon Anthony coming out of Clemson. Drafted, I believe, by the Saints. Um, top 25 pick. Never never became anything. Um, 2016, I got Darren Lee in the first round out of Ohio State. Round two had Sua Cravens from USC. It also had Miles Jack, but he would have gone in the first round had he not had the knee injury. Mm. Um, 2017, out of Florida, we had Jared Davis. 2019, out of Michigan, we had Devin Bush. 2020 was a weird year. We had Isaiah Simmons and Kenneth Murray. And then recently I went to 2021, Zavin Collins out of Tulsa, kind of the big tweener, big boy, and Jameen Davis out of Kentucky? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, another big athletic freak. So I'm looking at, like, all these guys wondering, you know, if I had to go back and look at my evals and my notes and explain it to somebody, what happened to these guys? Why did they bust? Were they all because of similar things? Was there a fatal flaw? Um, so I was just, you know, I wanted to run that by you and say, is there any names that stick out to you? Any reasons that you can say this guy? This guy yeah. This so guy. the first thing that popped that was funny is like some of the names I've not heard in years. And when you said them, right. I went, oh, shoot. Like, like Stuart Cravens, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like he was all the rage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's start there then. Um I think that Darren Lee is a really solid example to bring up uh, because he's a guy that struggled with injuries at first in the early part of his career. And then when he was healthy, he couldn't get on the field. And right. if I recall correctly, if I might have to pull up some numbers and make sure I'm on the right page here, Shane Lee, uh, not Shane Lee, um, he tested really well. Do you not? Yeah, he, I think he was a 4 threes guy. He tested similar to like Ryan Shazier, I believe. Like it was very similar. Yeah, so like it's he went, boy. yeah, he was a crazy, like like freak athlete, like had awesome numbers. Go ahead, uh, I'm gonna pull up his draft scout here, okay? So I can go with, so I can start there. Um, yeah, Darren Lee was like the prototype run and chase backer. He had some coverage chops. 
Um, he could flip his hips. You know, he could robot with the best of them. He could do pretty much everything you would ask of a linebacker that you thought was going to fit in today's modern NFL, which is yeah. So know, we've got a we got a four four seven forty. Okay. Um, seventeen bench press reps. Vertical jump was thirty five and a half. Broad was eleven one. Big forty uh, twenty yard shuttle was four twenty. That's and, an athlete, man. Yeah, like like excellent athlete. <laughs> so yeah, yeah no, that's a, that's a great place to start right there. Like, why would Darren Lee not work out? And let's start with uh, the height and the weight. He was six foot. He was listed at three fourths. So six foot and three fourths and 232 pounds when he went through the combine did not test his pro day positional drills. Only this is 2016, 2016 to me feels like that was the real start to the shift at the linebacker position. Uh, when you look, when you go back and you look at the last few years of draft, there's a, there's a prototype that people are looking for. Now it's big, it's fast and it's being able to make tackles. Um, and what I mean by big is I don't mean necessarily 6'2", 245, like those types, like the old uh, Brian Erlacher, I think, was right in that range, right? 250. Yeah. We're not looking for guys like that. We're looking for guys that are tall, you know, that have length to them. Um, Jack Campbell this year is the perfect example of that, right, where you've got a 6'5", 245 guy, you know, where if you shrink him down a little bit in terms of his body size, you make him a six-foot tall person, he's going to be 230, right? And so that's kind of what I'm looking at when I see Darren Lee is he had all the measurables. He had all the different things. Now, one of the guys that I liked, and I talked to you about this, I think before we got off, when we, after we were done recording the last episode is I loved the pit linebackers of Osea Dennis this year. And yeah. Dennis goes slip, slips to the fifth round because he runs a four, six and he's not over six one. So, this is. I wonder if Darren Lee was the start of this shift of what going looking for taller, bigger linebackers, you know, that have more length because you know he had the athletic ability. He could jump. He obviously a very explosive guy. But when he was healthy, he was not on the field at all. Like that is a yeah. first round. That is a pro, that is a first round bust. So he went yeah. twenty overall. And um, I know scheme fit had something to do with it. I remember in college. He was not a take-on linebacker. He wasn't someone that at the second level could, you know, jack O-lineman up and hold his ground and make tackles. He was a guy that it's like if he's not in space and he's not basically chasing, he's not overly effective. He was a pure run-and-chase backer. And I remember mm-hmm. in the NFL, he was one of them that I just saw get trained, you know, just barreled over, over and over and over. Again, injuries had probably had some part of that. Yeah, because he, he had he had some serious knee issues, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, he blew out some knee stuff, and I don't think he recovered um, <laughs> the way we wish what wish he would have. But no. Um, yeah, no size. I think is the first thing that people are looking at now. Um, you know, and when we get toward the end of this episode, we talk about some of the guys that are coming up in this class. I've got a couple that yeah. have excellent size. They're excellent. But um, I think size is is the first big thing now. It's just the it's the straight up body test. You know, when you go, you do this too, Justin. When you go to a uh, event, a practice for anything, whether it's for a school, whether it's for a team, whether it's for high school all star game, doesn't matter. First thing that you do when you at your first practice is when you sit there and you watch them warming up. Is you're looking for body types. You know what I'm saying? You're like. All right, who stands out? Who's got the build that I'm looking for? And I think that's honestly the eye test is the first thing with linebackers now. Um, one of the things that we, before I go get farther into this, one of the things that's really changed over the last few years is what we ask linebackers to do. In fact, this year I had to change the way that I'm evaluating a linebacker because I used to out- evaluate them, you know, on ball, outside, off ball, you know, and basically have like a difference between a guy that's going to play outside, you know, that you would put on the, on the line of scrimmage potentially at times, but he's really like a, a will or a Sam, a weak side linebacker, strong side linebacker and a middle linebacker, the Mike. And if you look at 28 NFL teams right now, they don't have a Mike. They don't have a true Mike. Yeah. That's not. And so 
Yeah, no, it's not at all. Like, like the mic, like, you know, when the quarterback, you, you see them go to the line, hey, he's the mic. He's, that doesn't exist anymore. There's a guy that might be leaning more into, you know, the middle, and you're going to – I don't think anybody even really IDs them anymore like that. Like, there isn't a guy – there isn't a mic to run a protection scheme off of. Um, what it really is now is it's half-field – what I like to call half-field box. I don't know what the official term is. That's what I call it. Because that's essentially what it is. You've got the box split in half, straight down the zero tech, right down the center, the middle of his nose, uh, and you've got two linebackers that split the uh, the they take on their Will and Sam responsibilities, but they're really just run fitters for their side of of the yeah. center, and uh, so it's a half field box, and it really lets these guys play downhill, right, and start chasing. So, you know, if you got a run fit, if you're running a three by two coming out of there where you've got, you know, you're IDing off of the uh, the two linebackers and the safety, right? And you're you're IDing the the tight end running back responsibilities. Um, that really allows that to flourish when you read that it's going to be a pass and you start to drop. When you're in that three by two and you're doing that half box, it works out perfectly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because now you've got, you know, you're typically you got a, like a rover is, is the safety who's making this read with you. But with the way that you play it, if they're going to go strong side over here, rover, 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 and one linebacker, right? But if they're going to go weak side over here, the two linebackers take it. And now the, the, you know, you got the rover coming downhill into that flat. But it's really opened up the opportunity to get more play out of linebackers. And I wonder if Darren Lee was more of a casualty of the old system, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's a, you know, the injuries probably didn't allow him to really adjust to the speed of the game, the size of the game. But I, I do think you're right there. You know, something to do with it. When you're that small, and he's not even that small, but he, did, he didn't look big on tape. That was one of yeah, the first was, things Yeah, it I was remember. lack of length, okay? So his, his arms were, I mean, they're not terrible either. They're 33 and a fourth, and his wingspan okay. was 79 and a fourth. You know, so that is, wow. that is that's weird. Thirty three and that a fourth arms and seventy nine and a fourth wingspan. He's that's a arms. slim body. <laughs> yeah, he's all arms, buddy. <laughs> that might have had something to do with it. I mean, that might have. There's no, there's no girth to this kid. Well, I think when you're and, that small, and, what I was gonna say too is like when you're when you're that thin and small, you have to like we look at uh, Browns Jeremiah Usu Kormora. Yeah, and he's become a coverage ace. Like he is, he can cover like a safety. He can run like a safety, but the kid is also willing to stick his nose in the fan all game. Like willing to be the most physical guy on the field. And I think when you're little, that's the way it has to be. Like Buddha Baker as a safety on the Cardinals would never make it if he was passive. He has to be an absolute dog all game. And I don't think that was one of my knocks on Darren Lee coming out of college was I don't see a guy who necessarily thrives, you know, when it, when that is the environment you need to play in. I don't think he was that guy. Um, no, that's, that's fair. I but, think that's fair. Let's, let's take another guy that you mentioned because that, this is a name I hadn't heard in a long time. Sua Cravens, who was the, he was a second round pick same year, went to Washington and I don't ever remember seeing him on the field. <laughs> I I, he, he ended up in like Denver. I mean, he's been he, – he bounced around for a little bit. Uh, I think so, he struggled with some injuries as well. It might – yeah, there might – I don't, a, I don't even remember. I, I remember him being, you know, like I remember him in that draft and I remember the yeah. draft because that was the first year I really, really followed it. Like I actually started scouting that year. Yeah. Um. That was the first year, and I remember there were some of those draft guys were just bananas over him. Well, I think um, he was the first of that era where it was like positionless football. He could play strong safety, he could run, right. he could play linebacker, but he didn't have a linebacker body. He didn't have linebacker play strength. He didn't have safety speed, um, but he was such a good football player that you're thinking, ah, he's going to figure it out. Like he'll find a spot. But the NFL was even worse back then, and that was only 2016 draft. But I think. Mm-hmm defensively back then it was even worse about figuring out how these jack-of-all-trades master-of-none type of defensive players fit 
a lot like Isaiah Simmons coming out of Clemson. It's like, whoa, yeah. he's not an ace at one thing. Does and being versatile, it? if it's not, if, you know, if you're not elite at something, does versatility really matter on defense? Because we need guys that can kind of specialize in the spot and, and hold their own and which you, match which up against offense. The league's done a great job adjusting to all of that in general, right? With, I mean, Micah Parsons was another one of those guys. Was his like, was yeah. is he a safety? You know, he's too big. <laughs> Is he a middle linebacker? I don't know. Um, and he settled in more as an edge rusher now than he has. Which is what he was else. in high school, and he was a monster at it. So right. But so but Sua was right there, same exact spot, six and three fourths as Darren Lee. It was, but yeah. he was two twenty six. Uh, he went to the combine, did not do a full workout by choice. Only had a twenty seven vertical jump, nine six yeah. broad jump, sixteen reps on the bench press. Went to his pro day. And ran his forty there. Ran a four six six, which means he's a, a four seven six guy. <laughs> probably, yeah, exactly. And uh, vertical jump was thirty and a half, so he redid it there and put three and a half inches on it. And then uh, six three cone drill six nine four, twenty yard shuttle four two four. He also had thirty two and eighth inch arm, yeah, thirty two and eighth inch arms and seventy eight inch wingspan. So again, here's here's where it's going back to length, lack of yeah. length, right? And so that, that leads me into the next point about, you know, obviously the first thing that you want a linebacker to be able to do is tackle, right? Like that's number one. And if you can't tackle, you can't play linebacker. That's all there is to it. You know, you are, you are yeah, a run gap you fitter. Yeah, you know, it's like I was at, I was at the uh, high school practice yesterday, and there's this kid that I really like there. Uh, he, I don't think he's going to be like a college player or anything. He just reminds me of a friend of mine, one of my best friends growing up looks a lot like him. Very similar build, very similar uh, athletic stuff. And he's flat footed as all get out. And uh, I'm flat footed. So I had to learn how to run too. And I'm watching him run heel first, heel first. And so like this kid <laughs> became my protege in a sense, right? Where it's like, okay, you're my project now. And uh, watching him and he plays that linebacker Rover type. That's what he's kind of doing right now for them. Now watching him, um, we were talking about being the hammer, right? Cause he's, he was, we were running through some run gap fits and stuff like that. I think he was on scout teams, but still, um, he's running, he, they're running run fits and stuff. And I said, well, what were you, what do you think you were doing wrong, man? And he said, well, I just think that sometimes I need to come down, be the hammer more, blah, blah, blah. This and that I said, yeah. I said, why do you, why do you want to be the hammer every play? He goes intensity. I'm like, well, that's part of it. I said, but when you run in there, you know, you've got, You've got to hit. You're like you got to come be the hammer every single play because you're going to force that guy to make a one a decision, a split second decision. Is he going to take you, or is he going to move on to the next guy? And yeah. he's going to make a mistake. And when he makes that mistake, you capitalize off of it because you're in that position. You know, so um, it's the same sort of thing here. Like that's the big thing about being a linebacker. If you're not physical, you can't make the tackle. You're not going to be the hammer. You're not going to play linebacker. But yeah, the next and most important thing at the NFL, the whole point of me going into all that is to say basically this um it's pass it's pass coverage you've got to be able to bring some sort of value as a pass coverage defender and granted a lot of underneath stuff even when you're running man on the boundary a lot of underneath stuff right now is a loose base zone at at some point you know you might have more of a man assignment like when we talked about three by twos but I think what you're also looking at right now is a lot of teams are they just want their guys to be able to drop and set, right? And and be able to have that back pedal, be able to drop back into that. Now, the next thing that comes into pass coverage, and what we're kind of seeing with some of these guys that we're bringing up as busts, you know, from the last five, 10 years is length. And what is the number one factor if you're a linebacker in pass coverage that might not be the most athletic? How can you how are you going to impact a pass play? Yeah. Your length. It's your length. So I think that's what we're kind of seeing here is uh, a lack of length for the most part is part of the issue. Yeah. Play strength. Um, yeah. And I think instincts, to, at least to be able to get in those passing lanes and use that length. Because I think Darren Lee was absolutely the athlete that could have done it. Sue Cravens probably was not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of these guys also that are, they're so used to, being run and chase guys that they can't go in reverse. You can't, they can't back up and see the field. They get so disoriented so quickly 
Um, like my next guy from 2017, the Florida kid, Jared Davis. He was such a good linebacker in college. But I think my when he got to the NFL, I think he lacked intensity a lot. And there was times where I have no idea what he was doing in pass coverage. Um, but I think I, here's one thing that I think is really important for people to understand. when you put, Linebacker is the weirdest position because you can be wrong in so many ways on any given play. Everything happens <laughs> yes. so fast yes. that immediately the snap of the ball and you take one wrong step, wrong, gone. You know, the play went the other, you misread your drop, you misread the quarterback, you misread the patterns going on around you, you misread the line, you misread a puller. There's so many ways to be wrong, but I, I think we were talking about this earlier over text. There's so many ways, too, that a linebacker can be right. But if some other something, one thing can go wrong around him, and now the whole play is busted, and he looks like an idiot too. If the edge, you know, defender doesn't set the doesn't set the edge the correct way, and a linebacker, you know, over pursues because of it or tries to compensate, he looks wrong. If the three technique gets too far upfield and doesn't affect the run play, now the linebacker's out of position. Um, and you know, he didn't even do anything wrong at first, but now he's making up for a play that he didn't ruin. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. just so many different ways that a linebacker's job can be mis- messed up. And I think it does take a certain type of athlete, like a really resilient athlete to play linebacker because you're doing the same stuff over and over and over and over and over. And I think a lot of times they're not rewarded for it, but you just have to slam your head into this guy and hope these guys make the tackle. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's, I think it takes, it definitely takes a certain mentality to be good at linebacker consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, no, 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 exactly. Devin so, Lloyd this year, he was a first-round pick out of Utah on the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. He had a great first part of his year, and then the, it was like, a, a certain, I forget what week it was. From then on, he looked disinterested, and he looked, I don't, I don't want to say bored, but it was just like he couldn't, he didn't stay engaged, and he started to look bad. But I'm like, I know you're good still. And I think it just it wears on guys, especially when you're not successful as a team sometimes. Which is interesting because Jacksonville had the poor start and then went on the run last year. And they year. benched him. They benched him. Oh, probably. they benched him. Oh. They did. Yes. Uh, they oh. benched and, that, and that's why Muma was playing, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I didn't Played realize that. I didn't even realize that. That's good. Linebacker is very interesting. Well, I don't mean that it's not good they got benched. I mean that that's that's a good nugget. I didn't even I didn't pick up on that one. I also wasn't yeah. watching Jacksonville too much because they just kind of like won all these games. All of a sudden, it's like whoa, they're in the playoff race. Oh shoot! I was watching them mainly because of Lloyd, because of Muma, because of uh, Trayvon Walker. Like I wanted to see these rookies and see kind of how they're performing and what they're up to. So it's yeah, interesting. No, no. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. So going back to Davis here because I pulled up his stuff too. I mean, we're going right back here to the weird arm length and wingspan thing. <laughs> it's just all linebackers. <laughs> 30, 33 and a half inch arms and 78 and a half inch wingspan. So, I mean, that's not terrible. These aren't like, that's not bad. 6012, 238. So 6'1 and a fourth, 238. Ran a 40-yard yeah. dash at 462. 23 bench, pre- bench press reps, 38 and a half inch vertical, 10-9 broad jump. And that was all at his um, pro day. He did not work out at the combine. He's not overly fast, but it's not bad. And I mean, his jump numbers are fine. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the, re- I mean, if you look. So the thing is, like, we look at these first round busts, but then you look at a lot of the guys in the NFL who are not busts, who are studs, and so many of them went not only, you know, after round one, but like well into the draft. Um, like the, the uh, ESPN, when they did their release, their top 10, you know, at every position. And it was like coaches, execs, scouts all way in and everything. Mm-hmm. The list is crazy. And it's like a bunch of these guys are not first rounders. Some of them, Matt Milano, what fifth or sixth round. Yep. Um, dude. Well, here we're going to bring up, a, I'm going to bring up a guy right here and that's Fred Warner. And I think the third Fred, rounder. Yeah. Third round pick, seventy. And he played overhang. He played like overhang safety slash linebacker at BYU. And I don't know if people understand what that is. It's basically he was playing nickel ish as a linebacker in college. He wasn't even like a mic or anything like that. He really wasn't. Yeah, 
He is yeah. wild. Yeah. And he still plays that role today with the 49ers. Like if you go back and you watch that that Cowboys game where they knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs, that was glorious, by the way, as an Eagles fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a play that I think it's the the throw that lost them the game. And Dak underthrew CeeDee Lamb, who's just basically running up the seam covered by Fred Warner. And yeah. Fred's able to make a play because Fred is running deep. He's playing deep, deep coverage here because he's man on man with CD lamb, you know? So he is a rare hybrid linebacker in the sense that, you know, he's a guy that can go downfield with dudes. He can stay with wide receivers when he has to. And the only reason he was behind is because CD got that head start on him because it was just a straight, Hey, bust run up the seam. He had to turn and run with them. But if you watch them running next to each other, they're, they're the same speed. Yeah. Yeah. Play speed is, is everything. I mean, they didn't run the and same 40, but here, here's also the one. here's the difference here. Six three and three eighths, two thirty-six. Thirty-two inch arms, seventy-seven wingspan. Now see, that's shorter than some of the guys we've talked about. Well, in terms of his, his length, yes. But in yes. terms of his height. Yeah. Tall man. He, yeah, he's taller. Six three. Almost <laughs> six three and a half, you know? And he yeah. also ran he ran a four six four at the combine. He ran uh twenty one bench press, thirty eight. And a half vertical jump, nine eleven broad. I mean, really solid athlete, right? Right. And so the difference here is you've got 32-inch arms on a 6'3 body. Now we're talking about two inches here. But we're also talking about a game of inches, right? That a lot of times we have a chain gang that comes out there and measures for a first down. And if you didn't get it by one inch, you're done, you know? Yeah. Like you lost, you just lost the ball and you see some of these windows that these quarterbacks have to throw through and it's just enough, right? Sometimes it's just enough or it's just too short. And so we're talking about two inches, but it still does make a difference. Now it might not seem like it, it does. So I'll, that's all. That's the point that I'm making here. We're talking about guys that have length. And if you don't have it specifically, you know, in your arms or in your wingspan, if you you can make up for it with height, and that's I think that's the the key here that we're kind of seeing with the, with trends as we pull up these guys and look at this stuff is if you're taller, you have the length to make right. up for mistakes, you know, impact passing lanes and that kind of stuff. But yeah, one Warner, thing I want to Warner add on to what you're saying this the height and the length part obviously matters, but I think what really matters, and this is what we talk about this all the time, and it's so subjective, so I kind of hate when people bring it up vaguely in, a, in an email. This guy has instincts. What does that mean? Because when you're evaluating linebackers, especially coming out of college, depending on their scheme and what they're asked to do, instincts doesn't really mean anything. It Obviously, they have to have it, but you got to know what you're looking at and what you mean by instincts. But I think the main thing I'm trying to say is some of these guys' instincts put them in the right spot so they can be the exact same height, weight, speed. But Fred Warner gets himself in the best situation, like the best spots to defend passes, to defend, to do pretty much everything on the field because he always knows where to be. He's clearly a cerebral linebacker. Um, just the way he plays. I mean, no one defends the pass like he does ever. No. Like some safeties, I'm like, you're not as good as Fred Warner. He gets himself in these spots to where he's able to actually use his length, and use his height, and, you know, block passing lanes and do everything he does. But mm-hmm. um, we, and we'll get into more in instincts a little bit later and, like, how to evaluate the linebackers. But I think that's a huge thing is, like, so many of you, we see so many of these guys um, that – excel but they're not like matt milano devin white not tall guys uh nick bolton not a tall guy uh bobby wagner isn't he only six foot six one yeah levante david small you know i mean like these but these guys have the instincts and know what to do and when to do it so they utilize everything they have that that does that that's probably the next point we should get into is instinct right because instinct is like you said, it is it is a huge part of playing the linebacker position because a lot of what you're doing is reacting, right? And, you know, 
being able to feel a, a run fit come get down into the hole in the right way is a huge part of that position. So if we're talking about instinct and what exactly it is, like you, it's subjectiveness and, you know, from a media standpoint, it may, it's very difficult to explain to somebody, hey, here's, here's what you're looking for. This is instinct, blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of times you have to sit down with the guy and go, okay, you were looking at the tape. All right, what are you seeing here? Right. Like, what were you what were you doing here? And you got to understand what their mental process is. A lot of instinct, I think, is understanding the offense that you're going up against, understanding the different things that you're going to be seeing. And then instinct is being able to react accordingly to what you're seeing, you know, and would we we talked about, you know, uh, Shane, uh, I keep wanting to say Shane. It's not because Shane. It's not because you're in the background. Uh, it's because there's this <laughs> linebacker at USC that's named Shane Lee that transferred from Alabama that I've been watching. So oh, I promise I he's there. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not you, Shane. He's Darren Lee. Uh, we talk about Darren Lee. When we talk about Sue Cravens. We talk about these guys. These are guys that you know ultimately like you said, run and chase players, guys that wanted to get downhill, guys that wanted to run after the ball and not guys that were so much reactive in the sense of they were patient. Um, Patience, I think, like a running back we talked about last week. You can be too patient as a running back and then you can be not patient enough and there's this fine line. There's the same thing with the linebacker position where you have to be somewhat patient you know, in the sense of let this play develop, let them do their, let the guards pull, let whatever's happening happen so that right. I can hit that gap. Well, I think, so here's the thing about evaluating linebackers is this was like, when I first started evaluating players, <clears throat> I realized I had no idea what, and I played football, you know, I played in college and semi-pro and I was like, thought I was, you know, hot shit. But then when I started evaluating linebackers, I realized I don't know what they're doing <clears throat> unless I kind of burst myself in like deeply, at least like really into like X's and O's on offense, because that is, you can't tell if a, if a linebacker has instincts, if you don't even know what he's looking at, like what he could be looking at or thinking or supposed to do, their assignments are so vague. And especially depending on, you know, if you run a three, four or four, three or what the front was and what the, where the strong side was on the offense, I had to be able to, be able to pause the tape ahead of the play, look at the offensive formation and say, all right, these are the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, that's, that's something you have to be able to do because it, it, in football is simpler than some people make it. You should be able to look at an offensive formation, you know, four seconds before the snap and think, all right, this is probably what's coming, especially when you know down a distance. But until you can really do that and be right a decent amount of the time, I think it's really tough to evaluate linebackers because you don't know what you're looking at and you don't know what they're looking at so you can think they did the right thing, but you might be just ter- terribly far off. Um, do you remember Jeremy Cash, the linebacker from Duke? That he name was is projected, a bell. I think he – I don't even know if he was drafted, bro. But he was projected in the first round by so many people. And that was one of my first years where I was like, I'm, I'm getting good at this, I think. And his tape was awful. He was the worst athlete. And everyone was like, put the instincts. And I'm like, he's doing a bunch of the simplest stuff. He's playing overhang. He's making a few tackles behind the line of scrimmage, blowing up a screen or two. But I'm like, look at his actual linebacker reps. These are awful. He doesn't. This isn't a guy that knows what he's doing, and, and he can't run. And I think that was my first year where I felt like, oh, I got something right. Because I guess I, it was like fifth round or later. But I think people just saw the splash plays and um, you know some of the volume stats and said, this guy's obviously a first rounder, but there's so much more that there's so much more nuance that goes into it. He was not that guy. I'm but gonna like, bring up. Like, I'm gonna bring up my guy Dennis. Which Servasi? Yeah, Servasier Dennis. Yeah, Servasi. And yeah, no, he's <laughs> he had he didn't test as well as he should have. Um, but that's a guy that I loved, right? Because every time I turned on the tape, he's making a splash play. It doesn't matter yeah. what pick game you put on, he's making one. That's why I love Jackson Mitchell this year at UConn. Every time you took, you put on a UConn game, that guy's making a splash play. Doesn't matter. Um, I and that's one thing that I do like to look at. Right, is when 
this is one of the times that I actually look at statistics uh, and look for volume stats because let's take Dennis, for example. Dennis, if I'm, re- I'm going to pull up my Phil Steele cheat sheet here, make sure I'm right about this. Dennis, if I remember correctly, was not a guy that was super uh, productive, right, on the stat sheet. Like he was decently productive, yeah. but he wasn't – I don't think he even led the team in tackles last year. Give me a second. I'm going to find Pitt in here. I'm trying to remember that whole team. 130, 130 pages in of awesome goodness. Or 130 teams. <laughs> Phil Steele. Phil Steele is the master of this craft. Here we go. Uh, 94 tackles, seven okay. sacks, five tackles for loss, three passes broken up, six quarterback hits, and interception. And so when I saw that he wasn't at 100 tackles, right, the first thing that that went off in my in my head when I saw that was, but every time I put on the tape, he's making a big play. Oh shoot! Right, so that's to me, that's an indicator of. It's obviously it's not perfect, but it's an indicator that you're a big play player, right? In yeah. the sense that you don't have to have the volume stats to be. You don't have to have 140 tackles. You don't have to have this and that. Blah blah blah, to be. Okay, yeah, yeah, you you have you, that's that's not that's not the point. The point is, every time you turn on the tape, he feels like he's making an impact, and that's the kind of impact that he had on the defense to where he didn't have to be so productive with um, with his stat line. He he was always there to make a play. So I think when you kind of look at what, how teams schemed against them, they were going after the other linebackers. There was Shane Simon, there was Tyler Wiltz that would rotate in. And they were trying to they were trying to pick on them throughout the throughout the entire season. They didn't want him, and that's why. So I think that um, that says a lot to me about the type of player he is. I could be very wrong. <laughs> I'm ranting and raving about a fifth round pick, but you know I and thought I think you talked about way him on this that. on the show before too. Unless that was just our chats, but I think I think it was kid a few yeah, times. I think it was. I think we had gotten we cut the running back position off, and we were starting to discuss linebackers for oh, this man, week. I think that's when I, I think that's <laughs> when I mentioned him, dude. I and I love talking to him too. Like he's a, really smart. Um, yeah, and that's the other thing I want is is in, is intelligence along with you right. know, that because that's gonna. Anyways, my point basically being that he he doesn't have the stats to show what what shows on tape, and I think that says a lot about a player. Yeah. Well, that's important when you evaluate, when you evaluate linebackers. You have to know, like we were talking about, you have to know their assignments, know what they're asked to do. Alabama does this great thing every single year, where their older linebacker they put at Mike, and he runs the defense, and he doesn't get stats, and he doesn't get glory, and it all looks ugly, and he basically just lets people run at him, and you know stacks blockers, and lets the will clean it up. So you got the younger guy that always looks like the stud, gets all the stats. Then the older guy graduates. Younger guy goes to Mike. New kid comes in at Will. It looks like the Mike, you know, regressed, and the the new kid is better. But it's like Bama does this. It, they do it every year, and they it's just you have to understand the assignments of these guys because one position is meant to look like the star and get the splash plays. The other one is the one holding it all together. And if he messes up, everything's you know everything sucks. Everything's done. They're going to get ran Which, all over. Yeah, you saw that especially That's this last is. year with uh, Henry Tuatuo that went. Transferred over from Tennessee. He was like at had went 120 tackles as a junior, and then comes out as a senior. And yeah, that's a great point yep. that you bring up. That's exactly it. Um, but yeah, understanding and that's that typical old stuff. school yeah. three four two, where you know in 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 the three like in the base three four defense, those two inside linebackers need to be bigger guys that can take on blocks and. Um, the Mike really needs to be the guy that can kind of control everything, and the will gets to roam free. And the four three, you got a penetrating D line, and the the linebackers can be a little smaller because they're more runners and the guys that can clean up. But um, yeah, Toa Toa just really <laughs> he got thrown to the wolves last year at that Mike spot because I don't think he's really that physical of a guy. But he's not big either. He's no, not that big. No, and, and that was uh, the issue with all the line. That's why we didn't see a lot of linebackers go very early last year, is because. There wasn't a lot of size and there wasn't a lot of length. There were a lot of six foot dudes that were 220, 225. A lot of runners. Yeah. And, and but that's, Henley. that's where the NFL's going, bro. That's where they're yeah. going. Everybody's running a four band front now. You can literally count the teams running uh, like an old traditional three man front on one hand. It's Pittsburgh, it's New England, maybe one other. 
but I think that was a, that might be the only two yeah. doing that now. That really stick to it. It feels like off the top of my head, yeah, I think you're right. You know, those two pop for sure. I don't know who else. I don't think anybody don't else is doing it, man. Yeah. Maybe, well, is fan is Fangio doing it in Miami? Uh, he doesn't. No, because he doesn't. His three four is not really a three four. His three four is a four three. It's just a shifted four three. I've had this discussion with a million people, and they're always like, "No, he's a three four. I'm like, "Just look at the tape for one second. It's not. It's it's a four three disguised as a three four. And I won't take anything else about that. But yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's not. So I don't know. But the, the odd thing was like Jack Campbell picked. When that happened, it, I was kind of confused because I don't know. You always feel like the trends are going a certain way in the NFL, and then the defense, like for the offense, and then the defenses have to counter it. Jack Campbell felt like, why? Um, why? Why take a huge big guy that didn't? Really, he didn't really excel in coverage, and is the NFL going back that way where we need bigger run stuffer types? I mean, you have Tremaine Edmonds who is a freak athlete more so than Jack Campbell, but he's still a roller coaster in coverage. Um, but at least we know he's the absolute, you know, crazy athlete. Is Jack Campbell that level of athlete or like what direction would you say the NFL is really going offensively that these defenses are, are countering? It? Well, well look at Detroit. I think Detroit's an outlier on the prototype, right? Okay. Now, when I was in, uh, I was at the music city bowl this year and Iowa played, Kentucky in that game and uh, there were six NFL scouts there maybe five I can't remember exactly who I do remember there was this Jacksonville Jaguar scout I was talking to older fellow and I specifically brought up Jack Campbell and I said I basically said look I'm watching it I'm not seeing the passability I'm not seeing this and that da, da, da. is he is he really going to go this high as some of these people are projecting he's like oh yeah oh yeah he's going to go and that's where it kind of started. I started going because I saw the same stuff that you saw, right? Like, doesn't really impact passing lanes, blah, blah, blah. Now, he went out and tested like an athlete, athletic freak, honestly. I think he ran a 4 6 3. Yeah. And, Which is not bad for his size. And he jumped well, you know. Yeah, the jumps were did. great. And he, he could, you, and he, so he had the athletic ability. He's just a 6 5, 240 linebacker, basically. And you're hoping that you're going to be able to develop the, you know, his pass protection, but his instincts are solid, right? A lot of times he's in a, he's in a really good spot to make it. I was looking at the other guy at first, uh, Benson. Okay. In that, the, the other linebacker. Yeah. Cause they kind of, they, they, it's a mod, it's a, it's a Fangio. They're both big and white. So we, we, (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah, they look the same. No, it's a, it's a Fangio type system. Like what you're talking about, the disguise three, four, uh, like a four three disguised to three four. That's essentially what Iowa runs. Um, and you know what I noticed was I was looking at Benson. I thought Benson was a legitimate guy, but Benson he's still there, right? Uh, Did he come out? I think he came out. Dude, I hate watching Iowa because they're the most boring team on either side of the ball, and. uh, (laughs) Like once I'm done watching who I need to watch, I'm like, scrap the tape, dude. I don't want to see it ever again until I have to. I think he came out. Seth Benson. Yeah, he's with the uh, Denver Broncos right now. Undrafted okay. free agent. Okay. Good to know. He did he did kind of talk about potentially dropping out of the draft and then decided to stick with it. And he was a uh, yeah, undrafted free agent, which was you know, I thought that was odd, but you know, they loved Campbell. Detroit loved yeah. Campbell. We know that Detroit, if they like a guy, they're going to take him. You well, know? his coach is uh, his brother is the coach of the team, so that's why he got went there. That's his brother. No, I just wanted. To... Oh, okay. I was about to be like, what? <laughs> what? I was <laughs> well, age difference there, huh? Campbell, Campbell. Well, hey, dude, I'm. <laughs> my mom, uh, her oldest sister was 22 or 23 when my mom was born. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It happens. It happens. It happens. All right. Nevertheless, they're not brothers. So you know, it would be funny if they were. I, you <sighs> almost got You got me there. Yeah, it wasn't an almost. You got me. I was like, wait, what? How did I miss like, that? Dude, I really? He drafted his I feel, brother? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's something you would have told me 
if anything. I would have I would have had that nugget like two years before he was drafted and been like, yeah, this is Dan Campbell's brother. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean Detroit they like they like certain types. They want their they like culture. Uh, culture is a big thing there. Leadership, rah rah guys. I get it. I get right, it. Which, I, I, which he fits. He he checks all those boxes that they want. He does. He does. I I had a I had a thought maybe that he was drafted so high because he was really the only one like him in last year's draft. A yeah. lot of the other guys were smaller, speedier. Yeah, and that probably pushed you know his I mean? that probably pushed his value up absolutely, right. and you know made Detroit feel like hey we got to take him here because we don't know when he's going to go so let's take yeah, him. we won't get him later. Yeah. And I wouldn't have taken Sam Laporta right there anyways. I, that was a good decision to wait till the second round. Absolutely. I agree, though. I agree. Yeah. So I take agree. the linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it, but we've already gone 45 minutes. So um, I don't, I don't know even know what I've said so far, so hopefully it's been good. Oof. Well, That was a quick 45, pal. It was. It was very – I was looked up. I was like, we're like 20 minutes in. It was 40, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That one flew. Uh, so, what I, what we should we'll probably start wrapping up about now, because um, we've touched on the big things that you're looking for. Um, before we start talking about some of the prospects that you studied, I studied them like over the summer, like a good NFL draft analyst. And you waited till this week. That's okay. Gonna give didn't you a even, pass. Didn't even do it this week. Just passed on all of it. <gasps> well, I still got some summer left. <laughs> <laughs> I still got bottomless brunches left to do. You things. got, you got, you got. What are we at? We're twenty sixth. We you got three weeks. All right, three weeks. Yeah, another week, week zero. Week zero. Give me another week or two. Mm, we'll see. All right. So um, before we get into the, the prospects, let's talk a little bit about um, the the uh, uh, what am I? Why am I blanking on this word? Like I can the um, you know the the intricate parts of this the um the nuance nuance thank you thank you i couldn't <laughs> think of that word for some reason um <laughs> number one nuance outside of the basics that we've just discussed what is that the linebacker for you when i look at all these guys that did not go round one and that are that are stars today name a few names we got bobby wagner levante david Foyaside Olakun, uh, Logan Wilson, Dre Green. I think I might have said that. Shaq Leonard, who is from a tiny school, but is obviously an elite linebacker. Demario Davis, Matt Milano, Fred Warner. Uh, I think it, it's like we were talking about earlier. These guys will be – they're okay. Not only do they have instincts, but they're okay doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over, and over every single game. Um, as a linebacker, you can't let up for a single play or, you know, you look foolish. You messed up. Your defense is screwed. Uh, like I said earlier, it, corner, you can give some plays off. Ball's not coming your way. You know the coverage. Eh. Um, shoot, we, we see D-linemen all the time get blown off the ball. They're just inconsistent, as you know, naturally. Mm-hmm. But they get exposed for you know, and then they're shifted in, whatever. Linebacker is the one thing where you will lose your job so fast if you make a few mistakes per game. You have to be perfect every single game. And I think like the focus you see on some of these guys to be able to do the same thing without really reward over and over and over is where it's at. I think like the mental mindset and talking to a lot of these guys at the combine, you can tell the ones that are different that have like that absolute laser focus in their eyes. And same when you watch tape, you can tell like this is what they want to do. This is who they are. Mm-hmm. That really is what it boils down to. Uh, I played dime linebacker a little bit um, in semi-pro, and it was only when we were up a lot and they wanted, you know, we'd face teams that were doing quick game stuff, just trying to get the ball down the field quick. And I remember thinking, like, this is awful. It, sometimes I'm doing nothing, or sometimes I'm doing the right thing, and someone else messed up. And that's, and I think that's the hard part about linebackers is you can do the same thing over and over, but someone else can mess up their job and your job is to not overcompensate for that, but just continue doing what you're doing. And that's awful. That sounds awful to me. Like there should be rewards. So um, Logan Wilson, I remember at Wyoming was one of my most fun studies. And one of my like most proud hits is everyone around him kind of sucked, but this dude just did the same thing repeatedly all game 
And sometimes, you know, they'd get ran on for 70 yards because someone else messed up, but he would go back into the huddle and take snaps after snap doing the exact same thing. And I was like, all right, let's do the baller. You know what I mean? And he'll make plays when they're there. When they're not, he's not trying to do too much. He's just doing his thing. Um, so that was a little long-winded, but yeah, I just oh, so what? Yeah, what you're talking about is motor, essentially. You know, yeah, being cons- focus and motor, motor. Yeah. yeah, what it boils down to. Yeah, because you see a lot of these like guys that are great athletes. Um, Stephon Anthony comes to mind for me. Jared Davis, these guys that look like big-time athletes coming out of college, went to big Power Fives, Clemson, Florida. And it's almost like they're not willing to do things unless they're rewarded for it. Or they're just wanting to be athletes out there, but they're not really willing to stick their nose in the fan all game and get blasted and get up and do it again and have that short memory. Um, those guys, you know, end up out of the league quicker than the other guys. So it's really just a mental thing. It was down to that. That's a really good pick that you got. So I have to go with something different and I'm going to bring up <laughs> footwork. And you know, footwork might not sound like it's a big deal, but if you think about all the different aspects that that plays into, lateral quickness, being able to drop into zone coverage, being able to turn and flip your hips, and man, if you have to chase somebody down the field like a tight end running up the seam, being in the right place, it's all it all comes down to footwork. You know what I'm saying? And how you control your body, how you move, it's all on your feet. And I think So I like to look at a linebacker's feet and get a good idea of, what is he doing? What's he thinking? You can usually tell what they're thinking by looking at their feet. Like, is he trying to come up? Is he trying to come up into this hole before he's supposed to? Your feet will put you out of position faster than anything. So I, I think for me, it's feet. It's I like that, buddy. I, I like how you used it as kind of like a catch-all. You're mm-hmm. like running, stepping, moving. Like, okay, no, cool. it, it is. It is. Look, <laughs> it like, is. dude, it is. seriously. It, like, even if you, you can mess up your pursuit angle, you know, right. chasing the play down to the boundary if your feet aren't right. It all comes. It all comes down to your feet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for for young guys too, studying linebackers, I would say this: watch a linebacker's feet on the snap. Watch his movement. Guys who move right off the snap, usually, you know, they're at least thinking. They might be thinking wrong, but you know that they're thinking and reading. Guys who stay still. You can tell they don't know what's going on or they're waiting and his game's moving too fast. I think it's a lot like quarterback. You'd rather have a guy that's a little bit of a gunslinger that you can teach when to make the throw, how to make the throw, and what to do versus a guy that's scared to make any throw. I'd rather have a lot like Dan Henley last year, second or third round pick. I can't remember. He came out of Washington State. Um, he was a guy, I think Lance Zerline in his report wrote, more reactive or something than proactive. But you can coach a guy back you can say hey you're doing too much relax learn to read this learn to read this but you know he's got the motor to do it versus a guy that's scared to do anything and you almost have to like coach it like coach it into him like go look at this react get out there i'd rather have a guy that's just willing to run free and do whatever and learn on the fly than someone who doesn't really have that in them and doesn't want to you know attack a play i'd rather have a playmaker in the waiting than a guy who i'm like i don't even know if he wants this um Yeah, so absolutely. watch guys off the snap. A lot of the guys who are just willing to get nuts, they're going to start moving versus the guys who just kind of stand still. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Thanks, so man. linebackers in this class, pulling up my document. That's a great Here we document, go. by the way. You can purchase this for $40. Message me on, on um, Twitter, at Draft Vogel. All right, got that plug in. Jackson Mitchell, did you watch him at all? Nope. Who did you, who did you watch? Anybody? Barrett Carter out of Clemson. The other okay. kid out of Clemson, Trotter. Less impressed mm-hmm. with him. Not sure he's the athlete people want him to be, but I think the name might carry him a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Bama kids, Georgia kids. Uh, there's a Tennessee right, well, guy that I really like. I'm bad at these names right now. Oh, Ten- you mentioned be, a Tennessee um, guy. Yeah, it's got to be Aaron Beasley. Yep. Aaron. Yep. 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 Okay. Like so let's 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 talk about let's talk about Barrett Carter then. That's a good one because he's all he right now is considered one of the best linebackers, um, in this class. So six one two twenty five. Don't have anything else on him yet. What did you? What was your takeaway? What did you like him? 
Uh, only watched live games for now. Didn't want to do any all 22, just live, just so I can kind of get like that live feel and emotion of like how he's affecting the game in real time. Big time, not ability. I wouldn't say he's got a big time ability in pass coverage, mm-hmm. but he has a good feel for it and it's coming. You know what I mean? Like the ceiling is there. That'll be something that he will excel at. I think this year versus his buddy on the other side, Trotter. Mm-hmm. I don't I think he's more of a, what's the kid from Miami? Denzel Perriman type. Ooh, I actually. So it was like more that. of like, he's a good player, a little bit of a thumper, shorter dude. Um, but not someone that you're going to leave on the field for all three downs, um, which is important these days. You know, in the NFL, you want guys that not can play positionless football, but can be on the field all three downs and are not huge liabilities when it's an obvious passing down. So yeah. um, I liked Carter more because of that. I felt like he was a faster guy who, again, could cover eventually better than um, Trotter. I'm trying to think of the Alabama kids that I watched. I did like Aaron Beasley, though. Good runner. Moves well. Yeah, looks And Beasley had good. to sit a lot this past year because they had Jer- uh, Jeremiah Banks who went to the Shrine oh, Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So Beasley came in when Banks wasn't playing um, and played a lot more then. It definitely, it was, there was a couple of big games. I think he got toasted against South Carolina. I think that might have been his first start in that okay. loss. But um, definitely bounced back really well against Vandy, made some really great plays against Clemson. That I really liked. So that must be you watched Tennessee against Clemson, didn't you? That's where you're I getting. Think so from. I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah. yeah, that's what you did. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you did. All right. Uh, Trotter is is interesting. So just to clarify, he is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. That is the son of the former Philadelphia Eagles linebacker Jeremiah Trotter. Um, I thought that he had good speed. I thought he he looked more like a tester than a game speed guy. He's at five eleven and three fourths. And 230 pounds. When he runs in a straight line, it's fine. When he's yeah. got to angle guys off or kind of get his hips around, I don't. I think that's where we'll see. You know, when he does, yeah, test I've, or got, when he I've does, got it. I've got him as a kin under under pursue at times. Doesn't have the speed to make up for it. And yeah, I think that it's really, short area burst is yeah. so necessary for linebackers to kind of close yep. that gap and make the tackle. And I don't, I don't know if he has that. Yeah, that's uh, fair. There was a, oh Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. I watched some of him. Yeah, he's right now considered probably the best linebacker in this class. How do you feel about that? I think he's two. Well, that's because I really like Jackson Mitchell. Okay. But I can work back good size, 6'2", 239. What kind of athlete do you think he is? I thought he's good. He might test better than I initially thought when I would watch him live. Because when you actually start watching, you're like, okay, this guy can move. Good. I thought he's a natural mover. Yeah. Um. Solid tackling ability, very rangy. I think he could be stronger in his in his wrap up, but most of the time he gets the job done. Played well in zone coverage, really disrupts passing lanes. Does a great job playing the football. That's what I thought. And he's a smart player. He just recognizes stuff very quickly. Yeah. Okay. That tells you how highly I think of Jackson Mitchell. <laughs> I know. I gotta watch. This you kid gotta now. watch this kid now. I gotta watch this kid. Oh boy. Because so I think um, that, I think Mitchell's at six one five eighths two twenty seven. Okay, not that's not bad size. Um, See, I mean, I I, um, I prefer linebackers who are under that two thirty five mark that mm-hmm. can run and chase and can open their hips. I don't like that's why I think Jack Campbell was tough for me because he was high cut. Um, his hips sucked. He didn't really have that short area burst, probably because he was so high cut and it's like, you know, that's natural. Breaking down in space wasn't great for him. Um, I just don't dig guys like that. That's kind of the old school thing. But, I mean, I know it's necessary, especially, you know, the height is is wonderful. The length is wonderful. But um, I don't know. I just just prefer the smaller fluid guys. Like an Eric Kendricks is like my prototype. Yeah, no, he is. You're right. He is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring up this too, because I wanted to make sure that we mentioned this. I was initially thinking I bring it up at the beginning, but outliers. And that's the big thing is like, we're talking about a lot of things that are measurements, measurables and things like that. Oh, you need this guy to do this. They all have this in common. There is a such thing as outliers. And so I think that the big thing that, you do want to impress upon young scouts. People get are getting started, getting into this. 
is you do want to trust your eyes. Um, it's so easy for you and me, Justin, to sit here. Like we've watched a lot of guys. We, we have databases in our head now. You know, we've been doing this long enough where it's like, oh, I've seen this type of player before, you know, and you can usually go to a name. And uh, I think it was Mark Gorsak who mentioned this to me. He said, yeah, when you hit year five, you, you've got that database and it just yeah. it gets better every five years. Like your database is deeper and it's better. Like you'll you get to 10 and all of a sudden psh, you can re- recall these guys from 10 years ago. You he said, I'm at, when he was telling me this, he's like, I'm at 25 and yeah. coming up on 30, you know, so I've got my database. I'm, I'm going to talk about guys that, you know, played before you were ever born. I've seen this, these players before. Well, it just know? gives you a bigger sample size, more data to study and compare with, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, the more, the more I get into this every year that goes by, I'm like, all right, these are 600 <laughs> more seen guys guy. that I've yeah. seen and I can compare against future. You know what I mean? But it's also you do you do start to notice that when you're looking like I've seen this type of player before. He reminds me of blah 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 blah. You yeah, know? yeah. You definitely see that. So the outlier I want to bring up is because Dane Brugler with the Athletic does an excellent job covering the NFL draft. He's I would put him and Emery Hunt at the top of draft analysts and experts in this field. I think that they those two are the absolute best of their job because they just they study more than anybody else in this industry. Their databases are ridiculous. The, uh, it seems like Emery's always got some CFL or USFL prospect that just, oh, here's the scouting report. I don't think He's that man's out. ever slept. I swear to God. He's never no, slept. No, he doesn't. Shout he out, just, Emery. Love you, buddy. Uh, absolutely. Emery is one of the best. Miss seeing him at the combine. And Dane, is, Dane has the beast that he drops every year that's usually 2,000 prospects deep. So... I know um, Dane's family hates him during football season because I don't know <laughs> if if he sees them or like he sleeps or I don't know, man. I, I just can't imagine he's ever doing anything but watching football. Those, those so. are the, so Dane does this thing every year during Hall of Fame week where he brings up the measurables for guys that got in. We had a linebacker get in this year who was a definite um, outlier. Absolutely, yes. Zach Thomas, fifth round pick in nineteen ninety six, was five ten, two hundred thirty three pounds had 30 and 5 eighth inch arms, ran a 4.8 flat 40, 28 and a half inch vertical, 8.8 broad jump. Uh, before the three cone, the combine used the four square agility drill. He had one of the best four square times among all linebackers at 8.14. So, so like outlier. Most <laughs> cell fo- like most cell phone salesmen are better athletes than what he tested at. <laughs> Like, that's where we're at here. Like, if you go to Costco, the people that give you samples cannot run him. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on. I ran the 40-yard dash at the Music City Bowl two years ago. They had it set up in downtown Nashville. I was in my Army boots. The fastest I could get it to, and this is in Army boots, granted, was 514. Let's give give Zach a little bit more credit than that. Well, that's why he's all a famer. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Before it gets straight But yeah, no, that, if you look at his measurables, you look at how he tested, this is a guy that's rejected today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, he wouldn't even be. I, I don't want to. I just don't want to harp on to be mean. But yeah, for like the people at home, Zach Thomas wouldn't even be a high school starter, like today's day and age, based on those numbers. Based on the, like, that's how big of an outlier he was. Is like, we talk about like certain players like Micah Parsons, absolute alien freak. Zach Thomas is the exact opposite of that, where it's like, how did he play a snap at any level of football? But he did. And I mean, he, his uh, tackle numbers were wild. Um, he wasn't the most imposing force. He really wasn't. But yeah, he, he was an absolute. Out. Yeah, he was a clean, he was a clean he up was, tackler. He was the, the best at cleaning up in the league yeah. when he played. At, at his prime, probably from 97 to 0506 was the now, absolute best cleanup tackler in the league. And now why did you bring up him? Are you trying to tell young people that anybody can play linebacker in the NFL? No, or are you trying absolutely to say not. that? No, absolutely ex- not. He's the exception, not the rule. Right, exactly. That's, right. that's, the, that's the point here is, <laughs> you know, the one thing that Zach did that was uh, – that made him – because he was not – you know, like he's going to tell you straight up, he was not the smartest guy. 
Yeah. Um, he, that guy got hit by a truck when he was two years old. I mean, <laughs> ser- real true story. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually did. Actually did. Actually <laughs> happened and ended up also on a mattress floating down a flooded river at some point of his childhood. I mean, like this guy went through it and he will tell you straight up that he had some cognitive ability that he lost when he was hit by that truck. Um, and so what he was able to do, what he had that nobody else had was natural, just instinct. He just picked up on where the play was going. Um, felt it, I guess is a, is a really good way of putting it. If you watch him, like he just knew it (laughs) somehow, you know, and, uh, he will, he tells you about the work that he did. I think that interview he did on the, um, on the Thursday night broadcast when they were interviewing everybody throughout the game, uh, the Hall of Fame game, I thought that that said a, a lot. He he talked about oh, that a lot. Amazing interview, yeah, great. I one thousand percent recommend you go listen to it. Very humble guy. <laughs> Very how he guy. how he studied and how he did, and you know he lost hearing in an ear too. That was that was an, I didn't know that until that interview. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, he he can only hear out of one ear. Um, but that's the thing is, it's like goes back to that point that we brought up understanding the offense, understanding what they're going to do, flow of the game, flow of the play. Zach Thomas was one of those guys that was very rarely out of position. Yeah. That's because he put in the work to understand what he's going up against. And I, I, I think, think that, the closest thing maybe to him now is like Nick Bolton or something on the chiefs. Yeah. Who's a small guy. Who's really not that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, not a long armed guy, but Physical seems to always understand forced. where the play is headed. What's coming. That, you know what? So, so last point, because we got to wrap this thing up. Last, uh, yeah. you know what? You know what sold me about Bolton when he was in college? No. When he took Probably. on Juwan Jennings on the goal line. Juwan Jennings is a big physical wide receiver. Oh, wasn't from Tennessee. Yep. And they were. It was a third and goal at the one. They went with a reverse sweep and Jennings ends up with the ball with a full head of steam going plowing through the the C gap and Bolton met him there and Bolton did not go backward. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just, he's an off. That's what kid. sold me. That's when, that's when I was all in on Nick Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was oh, his game against Alabama was nuts too. Yeah. yeah I he think they some... they they left that game just hating him. I mean, they I think they blew him out, but Bolton did everything. He, that, and that's another thing. It's like Bolton, they, Missouri got trampled that game. Um, the defense got absolutely wrecked. But somehow Bolton, after that game, after studying that tape, I was like, that kid's a stud. And I just think he didn't let it get to him. It's just like, yeah, we're going to lose 70-0, to zero, but I got to be out here. I got to do my thing every single play. And, you know, I won't get rewarded for it on the scoreboard, but who cares? Like, this is what has to be done. Absolutely. Um, kids, I think he's probably just a psychopath because – Everything. The way that he takes on people at that size is absolutely nuts, and it, it can't feel good. Yeah, no, I think that's that's that you're right though. That is the closest to Zach Thomas in the league today, um, and there'll probably never be another Zach Thomas ever. Nor should there be. No, like that was <laughs> that he defied physics like every single. <laughs> that's not real. No, nah, we want we want guys to be like that. It's just we're, we're not we're probably never going to see a guy like that again. Yeah, yeah, that was. But shout out to everybody there. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. We're going to come back next week. I have some ideas on next week. I think we're going to talk about as soon as we get off this. Um, but until next week, thank you again for listening. Shane, let's go ahead and get out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.